Not too bad, honestly. Yeah, I didn't walk again today. No? Well, I just wasn't feeling it, number one. And, <laughs> I don't know, blame you. I, I used to just come with an umbrella, and I don't mind doing that, but it just... I. Didn't feel like walking in that kind of hazy, drizzly. Yeah. You know, if it was just totally, you knew, dry. I, okay. Things are going to change in the summer when there's actually sun outside. It, but you get up, daylight, and it's pitch black, and yeah. You know. Well, yeah, and when you come, it is still pitch yeah, black. Yeah, and so. it's just it's it's misting, and it's like <sighs> that wasn't mist. That was just fog in the air. Was it? Yesterday yeah. it was mist. No, it, it, that that really was just fog. And then last night I was going to take a walk with a dog and it was raining. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I, got, you I can't, can't win. I, I can't find a raincoat either. She's got a raincoat. Oh, for the dog? Yeah. Oh. See, because I like with to, you, I, but I, we got to no, have one for the dog. I, I don't mind walking in the rain, especially if it's warm. I don't mind being out like that, but, um, you know, the dog has that long fur and when it's cold out, I was afraid she might. Freeze to death. Ooh. Bring home a bring home a dog popsicle instead of uh, <laughs> instead of a dog. I thought that might bring some some shouting from a few people in what the house. What do you consider warm? Uh, to walk in the rain. Yeah. We'll Depends see. on the humidity, but seventy-ish. Okay, okay, good. Maybe you and I are at least in the same ballpark. If, if I'm wearing a raincoat, that's relatively. Well, I guess a raincoat is always warm because it's rubberized and it keeps all that heat inside. Yeah, it's like wearing a, one of those old sauna suits. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I if it, you know, it, it gets into if there's no wind, it gets into the probably the sixties. I'm okay walking in the rain. Okay. Um, if there's wind. Uh, I'm not okay walking out Anywhere. of out of doors when there's wind, but uh, yeah, I, I'd say if it gets up to sixty, sixty-two. I've got a coat on. I'm okay. Okay. Now the dog, on the other hand, got a coat on yeah. all the time. Well, you know, and the other part of that is too that when when uh, when it snows and you're out in the snow, uh. I'm just like, you know, and it gets on her and it melts. Well, first off, it kind of like packs yeah. sometimes into their fur, you yeah. know. And then it's like so. It's like, and she's a long-haired dog. Plumps, it's like, no, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you go through that. Plus, I don't want to bother with giving you a bath and then every time I take you out. So, no, I, uh, I thought about it last night, and I actually opened the door. I was going, and I'm like, no, I'm not walking in the rain tonight. Just don't feel it. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't say anything to the dog. Like, you want to go for a walk? Oh you no, no, we okay, we can, we cannot even use the word walk yeah mm -hmm. and i gotta be honest with you because we go out so often at a particular time uh she knows what time that is <laughs> yes. and if i put my shoes on she, she in knows. that part of the oh, day oh, 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 she's oh. going nuts and and i i'm not always good but then i've got the dog literally up my you know what for the next three hours <laughs> Come on, because all, and all i did was put my shoes on and she goes berserk the minute. And if I oh the headphones, the little earbuds. Yes. If I if I touch those any time of the day, oh she goes goodness. berserk because that's I always wear those when we go for a walk. That's so interesting. If I want to wear them to listen to music while I'm working, guess what? I touch that. She's out of her mind. The the dog. Yeah, you have a crazy. smart dog. I got a really smart dog, which is a problem now. Didn't used to be, but it's a problem now. She 
she anticipates where we're going, what we're doing. Like at noon, I come home. She knows we, we might be going out for lunch. So she instantly sprints out and waits by the car. The minute I get home from work yeah. every day for lunch. Are we going? Are we going? Come, she's come, absolutely come. out of her mind, runs straight to the car the minute I open the door. So, yeah, it's uh, she's too smart. Way too smart. And way too demanding. Yeah, we have a couple of cats like that. So yeah. Yeah, the minute you walk in the door, oh yeah, I don't, you know if for some reason we we go home early, um, we'll say three thirty or four o'clock. Uh, you know the cats are oh, oh yeah. come right back to the garage door. Yep. Meow, meow, meow. Then they go yeah. to the kitchen and sit by their bowls. Oh meow, yeah. Oh yeah. Meow. Yeah. It's like no, it's too early to eat. I'm not doing that now. I've got, you can wait. I've got one of those dogs who actually will bring the food bowl to you when it's empty. And oh, I mean, and she's not yeah. nice about it either. She brings it in and just draw, really hard, it, just yeah. almost throws it on the floor in front of you. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I let my kids get away with this. Yeah, I'm not letting, I'm letting the, the dog. dog you know, the kids used to do that. Their, their uh, bottle would get empty. They'd just come and throw it at me. You know, that's funny. All right, I'll go juice this time. Would you like some milk? Or yeah, yeah. I, I got a, I got a dog that's as smart as I am, and that's not a good, not a good mix. A but, demanding dog. Yeah, a demanding dog that's smarter than me. Ooh. Yep. Okay. I've often thought, you know, when I get tired or something, maybe I ought to just let her write my stories for the night. It, it's hard early. for her to type, though. Actually, you know, if I. If you keep her toenails trimmed, it, it's very hard for her to type. I have a feeling that if we'd put a typewriter in front of you, she'd figure it out. Um, she watches both Maggie and I type so many hours a day. I'm sure, <laughs> pretty sure she's already got it learned. She's like, can't you do words, more words a minute than that? Come on, you're slacking. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, um, it is Thursday. We are going to have a guest in the show today. We are going to have representatives from the Marshall County Museum in for their monthly. Show, looking back, moving forward. So one thing we're going to talk about, if you guys remember last month, I don't know how we got onto the discussion, but I brought up that upside-down tree oh, on yeah, State Road yeah, 17. Yeah, yeah. So they actually sent me, Sue actually sent me um, one of their, this is from 2016. Uh, this was like a one of their quarterly reports or whatever. And it's all about trees. And so it, it, we're going to talk about some historic trees here in the Marsh County area. Some of them aren't here anymore, okay. such as the upside down tree. But uh, for those of you who might remember, I think, I think that was fourth grade when we did Indiana history. I, and yeah. we went in somewhere. We went and looked at like some Indian mounds. Okay. Or something. I want to say down more around the Culver or, or further, maybe further south than that area. I don't remember. But uh, who did you have? Mrs. Featheroff. So did I. We never went any place like that. Gosh, we got out. I had her what the year after you had her or something like that. Maybe years, a year yeah. or two. Yeah, we, we never did anything like we that. We also went out. I can remember this. It's these crazy things that you remember. We went out on Olive Trail. And it would have been before, if you're heading south on Olive Trail, it would have been before um, the crossroad there 
by the lake when you go to the lake so maybe 13th road there was a single house there on a lot that is a new house back yeah. in the day and that they showed us this is how big an acre is yeah this home sits on one acre of ground okay and so i i could take you to it right now i mean okay. i can remember that like why would i remember something goofy like that but i do remember that so um Anyway, that's one of the things we're going to talk about that's uh, going on at the Marsh County Museum. Then we'll talk some other stuff that's happening down there, and, you know, things that are going on downtown and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, in the meantime, there is some local news that we can chit-chat about. Really good. Yeah. Um, I did watch the Bourbon Town Council meeting online on Tuesday evening. I have to do that because Bourbon is at 6 o'clock, Culver's is at 6.30, and then sometimes... Uh, oh, the school, Plymouth School Board is at 7 o'clock. And then also sometimes at 7 o'clock is the county, I don't know, it's plan commissioner BZA. I can't yeah. remember right now. But, you know, so it's like if I sit at home, I can get at least two of those meetings, you know, pretty good. And, and so well, I did. Do you do you switch between them when there's a commercial break? Or I, I wish there was commercial break sometimes. It's like, Just go, hurry go, up, come on. Go to the toilet on. when they, they go to the 7-Up uh, commercial at the Bourbon Town Council. Bourbon, they, they move theirs along. Yeah. There's, Culver's sometimes drags out. Yeah. But Bourbon's typically moves along. And I can, I can usually get to the Bourbon meeting or the Culver meeting, you know, Sometimes right at the beginning of it, sometimes just after it started. So the nice thing is both of those meetings are available online afterwards. So it does make it easier. If I've missed something, I can go back and rewatch it, Yeah, which is nice. That is good. Yeah. Um, the city of Plymouth doesn't do that. No. <laughs> the Bourbon Town Council on Tuesday evening took the first steps in moving forward with a bond issue for a proposed water project. Uh, they had a couple of representatives in from Baker Tilly to explain the project. There are three components. One of them, they're going to rehab one of their current wells. The largest component of the whole project is a new water treatment plant. And then the third item is an alternative that they can look at, and that would be a new production well, which would actually be the third well for the town. It was estimated that that third well would run about $410,000. So. Wessler Engineering has been the company that has been doing the consulting engineer work for this. And their estimate currently is 4 to $4.5 million for the project. So it's, it, a it's a major, you know, for a small community of bourbon, that is a major. What? Pretty major Project. for most yeah, towns honestly, here. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, so the council is going to receive bids on those projects, and they're going to bid that alternative separate, so that okay. if they don't, if they don't feel like they can afford to do that third well, they won't. Um, but at least they want to, you know, see how it yeah. comes in. Um, they'll receive uh their bid the bids on the seventh, and then they will hold their meeting on the fourteenth. Um, so they're going to have to go with a bond issue for this project. And um, Baker Tilly uh, talked to them about borrowing money. And by the time you get it all put together, 
the construction, the engineering, the uh, Baker Tilly cost, you know, yeah. the bond cost. I mean, you have to have bond counsel for that and all of that. They are going to need to borrow between five and five point five million dollars. Yeah. So because they're a small community, they have been looking at the state's revolving fund to assist in, in this bond. And um, because of the SRF priority rating for the town, and that's kind of like predicated on, okay, do you have an issue? You know, yeah. are you are you putting out bad water? D- did your treatment plant totally die? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all yeah. these things. They, they didn't have a, a great priority rating that says, look, we really need to help this community get this done. So uh, the recommendation was to use the state of Indiana's AAA credit rating to borrow the funds. And actually, the state will borrow the funds and Bourbon will be the secondary borrower. So then Bourbon will borrow them from the state. That will give them a better like the state has a better credit rating with yeah. a triple A credit rating. So that would re- reduce the interest rate. Um, it was estimated that the interest rate would be in the mid 4% range. Obviously just, you know, a year and a half ago, it would have been in the 2% range, right. but now it's in the 4% range. So um, this project will qualify for a 35 year loan, which yes, you do take longer to pay it off. But that does reduce, like in a home, it does right. reduce your annual payments. And therefore, for the residents of Bourbon, it will reduce the lower monthly rate increase that they are anticipating. Right. And it's going to be an increase, yeah. unfortunately. So Baker Tilly uh, was saying that the average residential customer in the state of Indiana is a two to three person home using four to five gallons of water monthly. And in Bourbon, they're currently paying about $31 a month for that. The estimated increase with this bond issue is going to increase that portion of the the bill. So they're like us, you get a water bill, a sewer bill, a storm sewer bill, your trash bill, all on one. That's going to increase their $31 bill to 65 to $70 a month. Okay. So it's a substantial increase. Yeah, that, I, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, once the bids come in, they'll actually really be able to determine what the cost is going to be. And, and there is a chance that that rate could come down some. Right. Uh, if the bids come in lower. So, um, it was also recommended by Baker and Tilly that because of the increase, that they actually phase it in over two uh, phases. So the first phase would be after the rate ordinance is adopted, which would be on the February 14th meeting, which means then in March they would implement the new rate and it would be due on your April bill. So um, now they they did pass on all three readings the bond ordinance, which basically just authorizes the town to be able to borrow money for the project. Um, and they approved on first reading the rate ordinance. They'll hold a public hearing uh, at their February 14th meeting where the, the, you know, the public is going to be able to come in and ask comments and questions. They'll have a representative from Wessler there who is the engineering firm. And Baker Tilly will be there, and they'll, they'll all be able to explain the need for the project. 
and then it is anticipated, it's already been passed on first reading, that they'll pass the rate ordinance on second and third reading, and then it will be implemented in the March billing, and it will be due in your April bill, the first half of it. And then the second half of it will come at the first of next year, 2024. So it will be interesting to see if the public comes out and, yeah. and, and you know, makes some comments about that. You just never know. That big an increase, I'm going to be surprised if somebody that, doesn't That's more than double what they're, they're paying. Say, yeah. And that's just, that's just their water piece of yeah. it. Yeah. You know, then you got a sewer bill on top oh, of that, yeah. and then you got a storm sewer bill on top of that, and you got your trash hauling on top of that. So yeah, I'd be really surprised if there wasn't at least a, a query or two. <laughs> I would think so. Put forward. I would think so. Um, also on Monday evening, the Plymouth uh, Board of Public Works and Safety and the Common Council they both did their first meetings of the new year. Um, and one of the things they have to do each year annually is set their meeting dates and times. So both boards decided to stay with the same thing that we've been doing the second and fourth Monday of each month. Uh, the Board of Public Works and Safety meeting begins at 6 p.m. And the City Council meeting begins at 6.30 or after the Board of Public Works and Safety meeting if it goes past 6.30. So if the Board of Public Works and Safety meeting gets over at 6.10... We can't start at 6.11. We have to wait till 6.30 to start. Right. So it's always going to start at 6.30 or later. Yeah. Uh, they also made a, uh, one change due to, the, due to Christmas this year in 2023 being on Monday, which would be the fourth Monday of the month in December. They moved that meeting to Wednesday, December the 27th at 6 p.m. and 6.30 respectfully. So um, that was that. Um, and then... <laughs> In all honesty, the Common Council meeting was three minutes in length. Yeah. Uh, the council um, also got a brief update on some city stellar projects. City Attorney Sean Cerisi said that they are in the process initiating the uh, closeout for the Okra grant for the Reese Theater project. Uh, Shannon McLeod, that's the grant writer who's been doing the work. Uh, she's going to be working on that over the next month or so. On the, or there are still a couple of projects that are ongoing. Work is starting to wrap up on River Park Square Phase 2. And the engineering continues on the Greenways Trail Phase 3. Okay. Which is also in River Park Square. So, you know. So how do they, what's the difference between the two, I guess, if if you're, what's, well, what, where, where does River Park Square Part 2 and Greenway Part 3 end okay. and begin? River Park Square Phase 2 is the pavilion, the playground, okay. the Veterans Memorial, right. that stuff. Um, there were some sidewalks that were added last summer, and actually those are already there in place. Then the Greenways Trail, it will come from across the street, yeah. um, and it'll, it'll cross Garrow Street, come into River Park Square, and then kind of meander not at the river's edge it's going to be back from the oh river really a little bit yeah because of what we had seen with the greenways trail in centennial park where they actually put it right by the river's edge and then we've had flooding and issues there they're actually you know moving it and plus it's higher you know you know the river's not like 
it's not like you can just wade into the river there. Right. Um, it You know, the land sits up a little bit higher, so yeah. it, it's going to meander along the, the river's edge, but not real close. You know, it'll hook up to the historic footbridge, then it will meander further around, um, past the kayak launch, and then hook up to the bridge that goes into the South Gateway. Uh, so that okay. pedestrian bridge that goes over to uh, the South Gateway, the, the apartments down there okay, and all yeah, that. It'll, yeah. it'll cut through there. Yeah, so, that'll be a nice little... Uh... It just lengthens out the trail a yeah. little bit more. Because it's really and... kind of weird that they're... There, the the there's sidewalks everywhere, there. Yeah. And then there kind of isn't one from the end of the sidewalk on the one spot across to that bridge. You got to walk through the parking lot or around right. on the grass. So. Right. So. And and you know I can't be I can't be bothered to walk oh, on grass. Heck no, your shoes might get wet. And parking lots are for cars, not people. So we need we need to fix that for me. Hell, they <laughs> they are working on that. Me so and my I, dog need that. I'm so. not. I, I'm not sure, but I don't think construction is this year for that, though. But I'm not sure. I, it'll be a nice little thing. I'd. Re- I can't wait until I start taking it then, out of the park and down into. And see, it's going to be interesting to see because you and I remember back at the very beginning, where after this phase, oh yeah, I was going. It go. was supposed yeah. to go across Michigan Street between Bowen Printing and Homemade to Go. Back in there, and then along the river's edge again, underneath the viaduct, the railroad train bridge or yeah. whatever, and eventually meander out Dixon Lake to Dixon Lake. Yeah, out. yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know. I was talking to somebody actually the other day, and I said, you know, that was a good idea, or that was a nice idea, but in reality. Would we not be better off to somehow figure out a way to get it from there at the South Gateway and yeah. somehow then get it back up into Centennial Park so you could actually make a loop, a circle around. So you could park your car, get out, and walk and walk right back. You know, it might be a five-mile loop. I don't know. but the, And come back, and there's your car. Instead, you park your car, and you walk out to Dixon Lake, and then you either have to walk back on that same path or have somebody come and pick you up. So well, that's what I think. We need to look more at something that is goes around so you, you can come back well, through. Well, you, you can. Well, you could. There's I mean, you could bridge just walk there. on sidewalks. You walk around the walk around downtown, and then come back and down. And then walk and hit up that Michigan bridge. Street and yeah. whatever. If come you back to. down. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I always thought it'd be cool to be able to go out there. I would like to see. Have you been out there lately? All the way to Culver. Not very well taken care of. Well, I. It's more of a nature area. I remember. I actually do remember going swimming there. I don't. Um, not much. I, I, there, there used to actually be a, like a beach house there too. I remember I, going to a party at the beach house I there don't too. Remember once. it? Ooh, Kathy! <laughs> yeah. Oh, so here we go. It's dark and smoky, and yeah. It's National Enquirer Radio. <laughs> Kathy's party when she was twelve. <laughs> there was cake, and it had frosting on it. Mm. Film at eleven. 
either. I may have been marijuana brownies, but I think I was older than 12. <laughs> okay. I was trying to make it sound innocent and, you know, whatever. But, no. You know, if you want to go no. straight there, you yeah. go right ahead. I, yeah. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. Okay. So, um, also, as I told you, I did go to the Culvertown Council meeting. Where they were anticipating uh, of making several appointments to various boards and commissions uh, during their first meeting of the new year, but they they just they didn't have enough people apply. And this is the one thing I do like about Culver is when they have an opening on a board, whether it be the plan commission or the tree commission or whatever, the board of zoning appeals, they actually put that information out. And then have an application for you to fill out to show that you're interested in participating on that board or commission. And I think that's nice. Yeah. Um, so um, they, instead of making an appointment here or there and not being able to fill all of them, they actually have opened up the process for one more week and put out a press release yesterday that says, okay, here are the seats that we have available Please, if you're interested, get on the, the the town's website, fill out the application, or print it out, fill it out, email it to the clerk, or drop it off at the clerk's office. Um, and then they actually, if they don't know who you are, or they don't know much about you, they actually will interview you for okay. that position yeah. before they make cool. an appointment. So that's why they want to have the applications in by next Monday, which is the 17th, I think. And, um, oh, I guess I do have a calendar. I, it's the 16th. It's enough like math. You better take care it's of it. It's the 16th, okay. which happens to be Martin Luther King Day. So the building will be closed. But, um, it, you know, you can still drop it off through the mail slot or whatever. So here are the seats that they actually have opened. And that if you are interested in, um, they, you know, you can fill out an application. So there's one seat on the Culver Board of Zoning Appeals. Um, and that seat actually will be appointed by the Culver Town pre president, and it's a four-year term. The five redevelopment commission seats are all open. Those are only one-year terms, so every year, you know, there's a chance of totally turning over that board. But so there are five seats open there, um, and I think most of the candidates, you know, people currently sitting on redevelopment commission are willing to continue to serve on there but they do have openings so there are two seats that are appointed by the town council president uh on the redevelopment commission and the other three are done by town council members so the culver trade commission has two seats open and both of those seats are appointed by the town council members and they are for three-year terms there's also one library board appointment that is open um, and that will be appointed by the Culver Town Council members. So if you want more information, you can call the clerk's office or you can email Karen Heim at kheim at townofculver.org and get more information um, about, you know, the positions and what's available. So I just, I like that idea. Yeah. You know, like, oh, look. Let's see who is interested. Not, not, you know, because a lot of times it's like um, you wonder. Not maybe not so much on the local level, but like, um, okay, if you support me for mayor, 
I will put you on this board type yeah. situation. So well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's never. Happened. I don't know that it happens so much <laughs> down here on this local level in a small community like ours, but on bigger well, communities, there's a couple I of communities within a, a rock's throw that if you want something done, they'll, whoever will just tell, hey, just show up in my office with your checkbook. I yeah. think we can work yeah. this out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And that could be. Yeah. And not here, but there are a couple counties within a stone's throw where I've <laughs> that occasionally might allegedly allegedly happen. yeah yes. allegedly happen. So yesterday morning at eight thirty, the Marshall County Commissioners conducted a special meeting in their second floor meeting room of the county building. Um, only Commissioner Klotz and Commissioner Burroughs were in attendance. Commissioner Overmeyer was out of state and unable to attend the meeting. Also, there was the county attorney, Jim Clevenger, and, of course, our county auditor, Angie Birchmeyer, who serves as the secretary. And there was only one reason for this, and that was to appoint a new human resources administrator. The commissioners actually did an executive session last Friday um, to interview prospective employees for the HR position. And so on Wednesday, they appointed Jennifer Dake, D-A-A-K-E. I would say Dackey. Dackey? Yeah. Okay. That's I the don't way I would pronounce her. it. I have no idea if I'm right, but that's uh, that's what I would that's what I would say. Well, she will take the position starting January the sixteenth. Oh, which will be a day off because it's Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> so she starts on her first day off. Ah, that, isn't that a nice one? I would like a job like that. All right. Yeah. My you, first day of work is a day off. Hmm. So you, you, you get there and nobody's there. You'd probably it's start like, to work. Oh, hello. I'm here for work. Where is everybody? <laughs> I don't know. So it passed two to zero. And that was the only piece of business that they had for the day. So... That was all they had to do, and they were out of there. There you go. Kind of quick and simple. Well, I am in the mood for spring. Okay. And obviously, with spring comes the American Cancer Society's Daffodil Days. So it's not actually happening until March 23rd, but it's not too early to start placing your order for daffodils. And it is a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. So... Um, the daffodil is one of the first flowers of spring, and it's a symbol of hope. And obviously, anybody who's gone through cancer, you totally yeah. get the symbol of hope type thing. Yeah. So um, they asked you to bring a little sunshine and a ray of hope into somebody's life. Uh, daffodils will be sold, a, bun- a bunch of them, or a bundle of 10 flowers for $10. Um, and you have to pre-order them. By getting hold of Joanne Hunt or Betty Ely, their phone numbers are with this on, on, there's a little picture and there's also in the story about that. And then the daffodils will be picked up. Uh, You will pick up your daffodils at the First United Methodist Church Fellowship Hall right here on North Michigan Street on March the 23rd from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Now, this year, they also are doing a $25 gift of hope. That is a donation where the the funds from that goes to cancer research, education, and local patient services. 
And uh, for that $25, the society will actually deliver a bouquet of daffodils anonymously to a cancer patient in hospitals, in medical centers, and doctor's offices. So the deadline to order is March the 7th. And as I said, the phone numbers for Joanne Hunt and Betty Ely are uh, with this story. So order the daffodils and brighten somebody's day. Surprise somebody with a little peak of sunshine. There you go. Absolutely. Yes. Sunshine. A little sunshine. Yeah. You know, I, I, for a lot of people, I don't know that they have realized that our, the, the senators, the Indiana senators covering Marshall County have changed. I didn't know that until you brought it up the other day. And so. And good luck with that guy's name. Uh, yeah, well, that's Bochek. I think it's something no Bochek. We're going to have to have him on. Yes, we have Ob- to. Obviously. Absolutely. Uh, because have he to. covers a huge part of Marshall County. Thank you, redistricting. Uh, um, yes. And so, actually. Uh, Senator Mishler only has a small portion over by Bremen now. And Mike Bochamp, uh, who is serving as the 8th district, that's where we are, um, uh, you know, put a statement out after hearing the governor's uh, address the other night uh, of how he he is pleased to see that the governor's investing in Hoosiers by improving funding for schools, uh, for K through 12 schools, also school safety and mental health. And so we're going to hear and see a lot more from him in the future. And I will try and get a hold of him and see um, if we can get him in. He's from Michiana Shores. Uh, He is a Republican. So, you know, we just got to go out there and and get a hold of him and see. I, uh, you know, I, I... This is bringing a blast from the past. I really miss Ed Charbonneau when yes. he was our senator. Yes, definitely. Uh, state senator. He, he, was, he covered a, a nice portion of... And he was just uh, such a great guy. Um, I mean, you know, he was one of those guys who, if there was a concern, he was all over that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there. He, he was involved. really down to earth. And that was the thing I liked about him is he wouldn't just, well, we need this and he would actually do the research. <laughs> I mean, if somebody was complaining he take, about something, yeah. he'd show up and figure out what was going on. And then, you know, if you needed him, he was there. I, I really. And to this day, I'll send him on his birthday. I'll send him a little oh. happy birthday. And he remembers me. He does. <laughs> of course, nice. he, my son was one of his pages down there one ah, time. Nathan well, went cool. down. So, yeah, it was, I, I, I miss him. He was really a good guy. Um, uh, the last thing I want to talk to people about a little bit is your health. And, you know, maybe uh, for your New Year's resolution, you talked about getting healthier and, and you might need some help. So Marshall County Purdue Extension, they are going to be offering a four-week series on heart health. So if you have a heart condition and you need to start addressing it basically with your daily routine and and what you eat, they can help you. Um, The course is called Be Heart Smart. And Karen Ritchie, the health and human science educator for Purdue Extension, is going to do the four-week course. They're going to be held on Wednesdays in February. So February 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd. Um, And they are from 1 until 2 p.m. And they'll be in the Marshall County 
building on the third floor. Nope, they're actually going to do them at the Council on Aging. I'm oh, on Harrison okay. Street. Um, there is a cost. It's $15. That's going to cover your material, the supplies that they're going to do. Oh, and there is some food demonstrations and tastings that go on, go on too. So that's kind of a nice thing. What? Yes. So anyone who's interested in the program, you can RSVB by calling 574-936-9904. They would like you to RSVP by January the 27th. You can also call Karen Ritchie at 574-935-8545. Or you can email her at Purdue Extension. Um, I think this is a great thing. And for people who have heart conditions to try and figure out, you know, the doctor will tell you, don't eat so don't don't you know reduce your sodium intake right yeah well i don't and and this is what the doctor told jim well i don't put salt on anything he goes well you don't put salt on anything oh but believe me, yeah when yeah, you go yeah, out yeah. and cook they put salt yeah, on stuff so you've got to figure out or when you buy the a big culprit is processed foods yeah have a lot of salts on them and yeah. so you know you got to figure out how to read labels and and then you know, figure out how to cook healthy. So, uh, you know, I actually like salt. <laughs> I so yeah. I, I I'm a less of a pepper girl and more of a salt girl. Jim is a pepper guy. All oh, oh my gosh, he puts so much pepper on his like. Oh Ugh. yeah, Elijah may as well just eat it with a spoon. But that's kind of how I mean, Jim is like know, but, covered in black. But he's like, always Ooh. got all that Tabasco and the oh. tahini salt. I mean, all this green. I mean, he likes really hot stuff. He. Ugh. Some of the stuff he's put on there, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, I I try to be careful with my salt. I mean, too much is definitely yeah. not good. I mean, even taste-wise. Actually, oh, yes. I've been some places like, whoa, this is too salty. I have actually started buying two kinds of salt. Really? I buy the finishing kosher salt. Yes. And then I just pinch it. That's what I use to like put on meat before I cook it and that kind of stuff. It doesn't take but a pinch or two. And I, I don't, okay, I heard it explained this way on, on Chopped, of course. Okay. The uh, yes. greatest television show on TV. Um, that that kind of salt, the, the crystal, is actually designed to give you the most salt flavor for the least mm. amount of salt. So as it dissolves, it gives you a nice, it's actually a better salt. I it's think a good it flavor, is. but not so much of the bad stuff. From I the can salt. taste the difference. It's it's a much better flavor than just regular table salt. Table salt is a lot weaker, but that's what I mean. You only need a pinch or two of mm. this stuff. And table over salt, the you're like shaking. Table it. salt, yeah, yeah you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. like a, a, a snowstorm of salt uh, yeah. coming out of there. But yeah, you just I just pinch it over the top, and you know you just evenly cover it a little bit, and let it, and I don't. Number one, I don't use as much salt. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't use as much salt. I mean, I literally physically don't use really as much don't. salt, yeah. but it, it doesn't put as much on the food either. So Interesting. I that's why I started using it because I heard him say, well, it's designed to give you the maximum flavor of salt without all the salt. And what kind of salt is it again? Uh, kosher salt kosher is what salt. I buy. They you call it finishing it. salt sometimes. It's just the big grainy. And you just find it by oh, yeah. the salt in the yeah. store aisle. Yeah, you can just go buy it in any oh. store aisle. It's just kosher salt. Okay. And then it's got a shaker, but I never use it. I pinch it out because I don't. Shakers. You can't tell always yeah. what's shakers, coming out. Shakers come out a little too fast mm-hmm. occasionally if you're not very careful. So, And if you Here's the warning. If you do shake it on, 
and you get a little more than you, then you may as well wash it off because that's, that's going to be like one giant ball of salt wherever <laughs> you dropped it. So, um, yeah, I don't know how anybody would do it without pinching it out or they'd have way too much. But, I, yeah, um, a little tip for you today. Interesting. Coach yourself. Very Go pick good. some up. All right. Well, we need to take our first break. We have guests in the studio this morning. Mm-hmm. As I said, we're going to be talking with representatives from the Marshall County Museum, but I think we have a prize to give away today. Well, you're the boss, I guess. I wasn't going to take a break today. Oh, but... really? Yeah. Okay. Why Why would you? We got yeah. we, It's action-packed. Uh, we got Elks Lodge ticket to give away, though. Uh, one complimentary dinner, and uh, they got steak this week. So we've Woo! got uh, fish all you can eat. Sirloin tips over noodles, shrimp and fish. This uh, card is good for those meals. And then they also have New York strip steak. It's a little more expensive, so if you want that, you're going to have to pay for it. But it looks like a really good price for New York strip. I've had it out there. They, oh, I don't know where they, I think I know where they buy their meat. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it's a nice thick, it, it's worth it. Includes a salad bar, potato, uh, dessert. They serve from 5 to 8. If you want to get just carry out, 935-5511. I have a complimentary dinner. uh, Complimentary 1395 dinner. And that is going to go to caller number 6. 574-936-4096. Caller 6. Going to have some... uh, delicious stuff at the Elks Lodge. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Plymouth covered. Go big with Surf and you'll get reliable, fiber-fast internet up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees, and you get a low, locked-in price that will never go up. Want to speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. I've always gotten tons of UTIs. Cranberry products never worked for me, and I was desperate for a way to be proactive. I'm Jenna Ryan, CEO and founder of Eucora. We've worked with doctors to develop effective urinary tract health products. Just mix a packet of Eucora with water and drink it when you need support, like right after intimacy. Eucora is helping over 100,000 women stay healthy. Ready to join them? Get 30% off at eucora.com slash radio. That's U-Q-O-R-A dot com slash radio. From trees that need planting to decks that need building, you've got a lot to do. And for every digging project, you need to contact Indiana 811 first. Well, now you can just go online to 811now.com. 811now is an online system that lets you complete, review, and submit all of your information in one simple online form. That means less time on the phone and more time for planning your project. So click before you dig and go to 811now.com to fill out the online form.
are tuned to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. And Pam. She's our winner. Pam is our winner. Okay, going to be eating some delicious food. Friday night dinners out at the Elks. Everybody's welcome. It's a smoke-free environment and very down-to-earth. Yeah. So before we go to our guests, we do have a caller. Um, So I'll let you pick that up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hang on. It didn't give you any warning. Maybe you got it too late. Maybe Mm, you were too slow. I don't know. Let's see. Over here. (laughs) Buttons and... Cooking and I need this computers. in another. I need this in another place. Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Morning. Good. How are you doing? Okay. All right. Well, hell, you're too late for the ice. It's now water again. Oh, <laughs> just wait. Just wait. No, we have no. we have not hit the dead of no, winter yet. I don't. We're done with no, it. No, we haven't. Winter's over. Yeah. We wish. Winter is finished. I'm, okay. I'm I'm ready for spring. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Telling you, you're living in the wrong place if you're ready. For I spring. know, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, Dwayne, do you have any swans out there? I uh, don't see any today. Okay. Any bald eagles? No, it's been about two weeks since I've seen the eagle. No. Uh, I didn't realize they had them. I, I thought there was one I saw one time, but I can't remember. <laughs> They're so big. How can you forget if you've seen a well, bald eagle? Because it was far away, and it kind of—I couldn't tell how big it Actually, was. Actually, some of my Facebook friends last week just posted one at Jefferson Elementary yeah, School. I'm happy to see they're coming back. So that's kind of cool. And remember when we were kids? The bald there was eagle no, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, at Jefferson Elementary School, right there, was, there by the parking lot. There were no eagles here when I when we grew no. up. No, oh, no, exactly. None. So it's good to see. So what we what can we do for you? I just want to say hi. Okay. Well, Happy hello. New Year to you, Dwayne. Yeah, Happy New Year. It was a good New Year's. Good. You get wild and swing from a chandelier, did you? No. Okay. He can't All remember. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you probably wouldn't remember that anyway, so. Well, plus we don't have a chandelier. Oh, okay. But you would have. <laughs> if you had one, you would have, wouldn't you? Might have. Okay, there you go. That doesn't disappoint me. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, know, you listening. You okay. Uh, Roger Danielson lives out here at the other end of the lake. Mm-hmm. Now usually up by four... Five o'clock. Yeah. Because I have to get my wife up at five. Okay. So if I wake up, I have trouble sleeping. If I wake up around four, I just get up, come down here and watch the news. Yeah. And Roger's lights are always on. I know he retires, so I, what's he doing up that time of day? <laughs> He's like you. He can't sleep, probably. You, you get into the habit, man, and you just <laughs> you can't stop doing that. Uh, that's what I've been. Well, I used guess, to. My guess is he's got trophy wife. He wakes up with some wood and talks her into 
Well, you know. Yeah, well, you know. So next time I actually see him, because it's been a while, it's been several months, I'm going to find out what, why he's up for I know he's retired. Well, guess you'll have to find that out. Yep, that's oh. a mission of mine. All right. That's good. It's good to have a purpose in life, Dwayne. Well, Dwayne, we have a well, guest you know. in the studio that's waiting, so we're going to let you go so we can get started with our interview. You got it. All right, All man. Right. Have a good day. You too. All right. See you Bye. Guys. Bye. All righty. And if anybody heard that music just a couple of minutes ago, that means it's time for Looking Back Moving Forward with the Marshall County Museum. And this morning, Sue is not here with her sister, Anita. I am not. I'm so pleased to have Iris with me this morning. Iris is back. I'm back. It's so good to be back. <laughs> Wonderful. I got applause. Yeah, All these people are watching me. <laughs> yeah, we're so glad to have you guys with us this morning. Um, Rusty and I talked a, a little bit earlier on in the show that last month when we, we were here, we I don't know how we got onto the conversation, but I had brought up about the upside down tree out on State Road 17. And I asked uh, Anita if she could mm -hmm. like look into some history about that tree. And so you actually sent a really nice informational quarterly from 2016 that talks about that tree and a lot of other trees. It's surprising how many interesting trees there are yes, in Washington County. Yes, honestly. Or have been. Some yeah. of them aren't there anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, that upside-down tree... Uh, on State Road 17, it's no longer there. It isn't, unfortunately. No, mm -mm. Um, but it it was it, it was a special a nursery guy actually put this thing together. Yes, and so mm -hmm. it's a Chinese elm and a red elm. And he rooted them together in 1907. 1907, yeah. Ray mm -hmm. Price did that. So yep. I think a lot of us will remember back years ago, Price's Nursery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and was, I think he was the first Price. Um, yes, original, Price's, I would yeah. assume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so while it looked like the tree... Those were roots instead of branches. Mm -hmm. They actually were branches. <laughs> yes, yep. it really was. <laughs> yeah, but um, the tr it also had um, uh, suckers that came up around it, which made it look like the leaves were coming out of the ground. Right. You know, but they were actually just suckers that you get around any. Yeah, most tree trees kind of go mm -hmm. grows. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very unique though. It. It really was, and I do remember it was fourth grade when we went by and saw that on a field trip. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you, I can't tell you, you know, what they told us. I just can remember it was the upside down tree. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice to kind of get a little bit of history of it. And actually, that tree was pretty famous. It was. It was featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not. So mm -hmm. that's kind of neat. It I is. mean, when you think about it now, it's like, wow. One little thing that put Marshall County on the map. Yes. Oh, yeah. <gasps> But unfortunately, the tree died in 1979. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then at that time, Mark Falstich, um, he decided he was going to silicone it. And, mm -hmm. and to try to preserve it. To, mm -hmm. to yeah. keep it there for folks, which lasted for a few years, but weather Eventually, and time. It, yeah, it just got dangerous. So 
you know, if you were mowing the lawn, you didn't want that thing falling on yeah, you. Oh, no. Yeah, that's for darn sure. Yeah, I think it just got to the point where it just wasn't, it would have been foolish to leave it. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but there are a number of other trees. And actually, in this, it kind of talked a little bit about, you know, we don't, I don't consider us to be like a big logging community. But way back in the day, in the 1800s, mm-hmm. they they say that there were 28 sawmills in the Bourbon area. Yes. Oh, Just yeah. in the Bourbon area. Mm-hmm. It was very big lumbering. Uh, you know, the city of Chicago. They yes. were, that's How do you where think we they were... built all those homes? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. trees from Marshall County. Marshall County trees built Chicago mm-hmm. to a certain extent and, and, and points west. You know, we had a lot of trees, but there are some states west of us that didn't have any. They're the Great Plains. And, right. You know, wasn't you, at the time you built your home out of the available materials. Uh, and there were a lot of um, uh, the settlers out west were, were building their homes out of sod mm-hmm. because that's what they had. So the advent of the railroads made it possible for them to have actual wood to frame their houses. And a lot of it came from Marshall County. Um, actually, more than a thousand train cars of lo- of lumber were mm-hmm. shipped between 1964 or 1864 and 1867 in that short period of time. Yeah. So you think if you would go back and think how forested this area must have been. I I always heard from like in history classes that I took about state history is that. Coming to like northern Indiana, it was really, it was like nighttime because there were just so much tree cover and they were these tall trees. And I think it was, I don't, I don't want to say anything that's not true. So I'm not going to talk about that. But I think there was an area where they had come out of the trees and that was where they were like, oh my gosh, we're finally in the sun again. Yes, light. It was 90% forested. The state of Indiana was 90% forested. And in a hundred years, um, we got down to 6% well, forest. We did have all those lumber yards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, of course, the settlers wanted to farm. That's what they came Well, that's for. true, yes. And they so. talked about the, the settlers coming in and actually clearing the land yes. and basically, you know, cutting down and pulling out these trees and just piling them up and burning them. Yes, because in the early they needed days, that, they did. that land to be able to grow crops on. Yeah, and that was pre-railroad. So um, there, the only way to haul logs anywhere was by wagon. So, you know, you, there wasn't any call for them. You, you wouldn't haul your lumber on a wagon. Uh, Where would you haul it? Yeah. You know, because everywhere else around you, all your neighbors had, had lumber. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, they just rolled them into bundles and burned them. Which is... Kind of I know it makes you sick, about, doesn't it? About yeah. it now, yeah, definitely. Yes. And that was like virgin forest. It was it, the, because the Native Americans lived in the forest. Mm-hmm. You know, the Potawatomi, that, that was how they, that that was just, they had small clearings, um, you know, but they did not clear great amount numbers of trees because they didn't farm to the extent that our settlers wanted to farm. Mm-hmm. There's actually a story in, in this quarterly that talks about... Uh, uh, an Indian gal who actually hid out in a hollowed-out tree. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When they had come, and, and her husband had told her to run and hide, and mm-hmm. she was pregnant. And so she ran and hid in this large, hollowed-out tree. 
um, and and ended up giving birth in that tree. Uh-huh. Um, and and then eventually her husband came back and things yeah. were okay. But I mean, yeah. so. When but you can you just it. imagine how frightened she must oh. have been? Oh, my goodness. That was, uh, but, I think that was during the, the removal. Yeah. Uh, in 18. When, yep. But the, the, I think the, the neat thing is, too, I mean, they, they probably, she knew exactly where that tree was to go to, to you know, because I mean, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they had looked at these things ahead of time. We think of that um, kind of thing happening in the, with the, the giant sequoias and the yeah. the, mm-hmm. the redwoods and things, but um, those the trees around us were they really were big very trees, tall as very well. tall, yeah, <laughs> and very big around. It's almost so, impossible to recreate those with rebuilding buildings. We don't have logs that are long enough right. to recreate them like they would oh, have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. When you talk about the giant redwoods, um, there is a, a piece in here too that. Uh, the, we actually had some unusually large trees, and in 1997, there was a giant white oak on the Daniel Burkholder farm, which is north of U.S. 6, that was certified as the oldest of its species in the state, and they estimated it to be at least 500 years old. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it was 140 feet tall, 67 inches in diameter, and 16 feet in circumference, or 17 feet in circumference. So, I mean, yeah, mm, think, that's a big tree. When you put your arms around a tree, think, yeah. think about 17 feet. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 um, the measurement of your arms from tip to tip, if you put them out yes. to your size, is how tall you are. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. That's how tall you are. You see, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't we? So, how, do so, my arms shrink too? Then, when I get older, <laughs> <laughs> at what point is that? Yeah, but think about that. However tall you are, wrapping your arms, arms around, around a tree, yeah. and think about seventeen feet. How much more that would be than what you can wrap your arms around? Yeah. We're talking about like three and a half people Could have to stand out there mm-hmm. to get around that tree. That right. is pretty crazy. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's see. There's also a story on here uh, that a, a company purchased that tree for sixteen thousand dollars. Yes, to lumber it. It's, you know, I yeah, mean, the point was, it, eventually, we're going to take this tree down, know, and we want to own it so we can have all that lumber. And then a bad storm came, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, and, and kind of damaged the tree so badly that they had to eventually. Yes, take at that it down. point, that's when they took it down, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, that's. When you think about it, I mean, there are just some unique trees. Now, there's also, there's another tree, um, I think it's in the Bremen area, that's called a Siamese yes. twin mm-hmm. elms. I don't think that tree is there anymore either. Um, well, in 1967, Outdoor Indiana featured a Siamese elm tree near Bremen. And so what this is, is two elm trees growing up close to each other, but not I mean, there, there. It shows you there. There are pictures of people standing between them. So there's probably ten people standing between them. So there was a distance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when their branches grew, eventually, two of their branches, one from each tree, started touching each other. And mm-hmm. then with the wind, um, that that made them rub together. That rubbed off the bark, and they eventually fused together, and yeah. then grew. Mm-hmm. A branch between the two of them. Yes, they mm-hmm. just 
it was it would be sort of like you locking arms with somebody yeah um yeah um and really um it's like a lot of like grafting you know if you've if nursery men do this all the time nursery people Mm -hmm. they um, graft trees and that is exactly the process but it's a natural process (laughs) rather than um having human interference with that tree Mm -hmm. and and i mean that would have been a perfect place to put a big old tire swing or something on there wouldn't you think yeah (laughs) it was pretty high up in the air though yes it was way it was very tall yes but Mm -hmm. um you know we also um talk in here about you know and uh, we still do this. I mean, there are some trees planted in front of Plymouth High School that are in memory of students or sure. teachers that have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so planting trees in memory of people is uh, something that has gone on for a, a long time. And it says that the possibly the first collection of trees uh, set out uh, to honor the Native Americans um, when they uh out at the twin lakes area right and mm-hmm. so uh 32 trees mainly hardwood maples and some elms and ash were set there in may of 1912 yes and mm-hmm. i mean when you think out around that area they're probably still there they probably are of them. yes uh um that was in, in the area where the uh, where the potawatomi had their village that's why it's out at Twin Lakes, because that's where they lived. There's also uh, some information that came out of the Weekly Republican. Uh, at the close of World War I, uh, it was decided here that they were going to plant a tree for every Marshall County soldier that took part in the war. Right. And the Junior Commercial Club... Uh, started to plant trees along the highways going in and out of Plymouth in all four directions mm-hmm. uh, for that. So that, you know, in memory and in honor of those Yeah, there, young there's men. not a lot of um, documentation about that. So um, while, and I think, actually, I think Kurt Garner wrote about this not very long ago in his column um, that they, you can kind of see which trees are the ones because of where they are, you know, and they're mm-hmm. in a, kind of in a line. It's not a natural way to plant trees. And so you can kind of see which ones are still there. Um, but we've, we've done the research. We can't find anything um, in our archives that certifies that that actually happened. So mm. if anybody would have anything, yeah. you know, oh, pictures yeah. sure. or a, a diary and those kind of things, the museum would love to get a look at that. So. Oh, yes, yeah. we sure would. Now, there are some other trees that um, that are still here. One of those actually is in River Park Square. Yes. It's the magnolia tree that mm-hmm. is down there. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. was planted by, by um, Veda Musser-Reif and her mother in honor of her father. And when, um, when that whole area it, there used to be houses down there yeah there was no there it was no harvey mart and no, no millers G, G or g right right but when they when they built the g and g that was part of the deal was that the the musser family would sell them the land but they had to maintain that tree which is why there's um you know a wall around it uh and and it's very well maintained and it's it, beautiful and, in spring. and when the city obtained that property Yes. To put River Park Square in there, there once again, you know, it was said we're going to take care of 
uh, this magnolia tree. So it sits just to the east of the concession stand area there. Yes. It still mm -hmm. has the embankment around it. And, you know, I, I, I do see the kids get in there at Mayor's Month of Music and climb on that tree. And it's like, you know. You want to mm -hmm. shoo them off yeah. of there, don't yes, you? Definitely. Get off of there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, this don't break those is, branches. Yeah, this tree is there. And it's it's been there since 1944. So right. it's been there for a long time. Another no. tree. Now, Rusty, you might remember this tree. It is. Um, it used to sit up at Lincoln Junior High. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one in the front yard. Yes, yeah. in, in yeah. the corner of the front yeah. yard. Amazing tree. Um, Amazing. It, it was a weeping purple beach tree. It is really weird though because its branches. Didn't, like, yeah, it was close I mean, to the ground. It had like almost no no trunk. It yeah. seemed like the branches just started a foot or so off the ground and yeah and, and it, so it made a great hiding place and easy for kids to climb in mm -hmm, yeah and, just beautiful in the fall and took up a quite a, a big space in the in the corner of the junior high uh, lawn there it was planted by the class of 1951 and uh, many of us will remember Merle Swihart who was the custodian at the Lincoln Junior High um that you know that was one of his jobs was to take care of you know the custodian wasn't just the inside of the building it was the outside of the building so mm -hmm. i think that, he took a personal interest in and in um, maintaining that tree and, <laughs> you know keeping the tree kids out of there yeah. and from damaging it or whatever so yeah well yeah it's it's a shame that that tree had to come down but you know the thing about trees is that um some of them can get to be pretty old mm -hmm. um but in our area we we the tree um, species that grow regularly around us are not really long living trees. You know, we, if we have an oak that's 500 years old, that's a very unique situation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, sometimes in our history, um, trees that were planted because they grew fast. Uh, you right. know, lots of neighborhoods, uh, when the contractor would come in and build lots of houses yeah, in an area, then they'd quick trees. Right. Yeah. And silver maples all down the street because in the course of five or six years, it looks like an established neighborhood that's been there for a long time. But the fact is that a silver maple tree isn't meant to live more than about 50 mm -hmm. years. Uh, so they do, they come down. Now, of course, it's a big problem. Um, you know they're they're gorgeous, but it becomes a big problem when they all start to fall apart at the same time. Well, mm -hmm. if you look at downtown Plymouth, yes, those trees were never anticipated to be still in those. And face it, they yeah. don't have a lot of root space there. No, um, mm -hmm. you know they were never anticipated to be in there that long, and no. so we've lost a few of them. Um, they've had to go in and adjust the grates and make them bigger because the trees have grown into the grates sometimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that it, it, you know, unless it's out in the big forested area where it can just, you know, grow and you have to take well, care of them. Yes, you see what happens to the sidewalks uh, uh, yes. when those trees get to be a certain age, <laughs> especially maple trees because they have fibrous roots. They're not a taproot tree. So the fibrous roots go out in every direction and they come through the top of the soil and under the sidewalks mm -hmm. and, and buckle everything. And, yeah, I just I noticed the other day that the big, huge tree out in front of the Hummerkhauser house a couple blocks north of, of the Four Corners uh, was taken down. Um, oh. Yeah, it, I always hate it. Yeah, Everybody hates it. Nobody likes to see a big old tree 
um, unless you're the homeowner and that tree is going to fall on your roof. You're, yeah. ner- you're nervous. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I do remember Joanne's Bakery on yeah. the Port Street. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the tree planting that happened in 2003 for that. Well, I don't remember that either. Good. I'm, I'm not the only one. No, but there is a plaque there. Is there? Where's it at? It's on the side of the building. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. I think it's still there. Of course, I haven't looked probably since 2016. <laughs> when I have to go down when there we and did check the quarterly. out. Yeah. But there were trees planted there in honor of the for the bakery that was there from 1962 to 1974. Yeah. Mm. And then, obviously, here in Plymouth, we have to talk about Michigan Street. Yes. Uh, the beautiful trees that we have on Michigan Street mm-hmm. are yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, and that was one guy. Um, um, yeah, Mr. Coons um, was a nurseryman, and he planted... The citizens wanted him. You know, it wasn't like he just decided on his own. But they they hired him to come and plant all those trees up and down Michigan Street. And he did a wonderful job. And and so many of them are still here, although you will notice, if you actually take time and pay attention when you're driving on North and South Michigan Street, that, you know, as some of them go out, the city does work. Uh, diligently to kind of fill in and bring in a new tree. And, and um, they need to be con- commended for that. I, I don't know whether it's the tree committee or who it is um, that does that, but Plymouth does a particularly nice job of replacing the trees in what I call the tree yard, which is between the street and the sidewalk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Technically, that's an easement, I think. Yes. Um, so the city is, they sure don't mow them. No. But, <laughs> but they do take care of the trees. If but they do there. take care of the trees. Yeah. So, and, and that's, a, that's really very good of them to do that. Um, and they identify every year, they identify dangerous trees. And, mm-hmm. and I, think, I think it roughly runs about 30 trees a year that they end up planting mm-hmm. uh, each year. And we are a Tree City USA uh, community. <sighs> Um, so it shows that we do care about the trees. Well, and it's money well spent because a, a tree canopy has a big impact on the environment, not only in a bigger way, but also for those homeowners. You know, the the bigger trees uh, shade your place. Yes, it uh, helps on that air conditioning bill in the summertime because yeah, you yeah. got some shade from the the trees. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, that's tax money well spent. And mm. uh, the oxygen that they put into the air, I mean, they, they are very beneficial. Yes, we all know they have a downfall in the fall when all the <laughs> leaves fall off of them. But would you trade? Would you trade <laughs> no trees at all? Just so you, I mean, to me no. it's worth it. It's, oh, a, it's a trade-off I'm willing to. Definitely. To put up with. Um, the other thing, too, we should mention in the county, because uh, we have talked about some of these trees in other communities, uh, but the Memorial Forest. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. On big, State Road big, 17. Big doings out there right now. I think it, it wasn't in the paper two or three days ago. Oh, yeah. About They're the... going to move the historic log cabin out yes. there. They've got the foundation in. And uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. we may, if if the weather continues as it is, um, we may start to see that log cabin go up in the next few weeks. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of exciting. And, and there's been some work done on, and, and people are actually using the Memorial Forest to hike in. And, mm-hmm. and so it's getting some attention and some action now. Yeah, that, that was an initiative um, in the 40s um, where 
I'm looking at my notes now, but the, it was the Indiana Economic Council that suggested that every county have a county forest. And um, 1945, the, that happened here. And it was, it was um, planted to a large degree by the Boy Scouts. And we're talking 80 acres of basically a lot of it was this sandy soil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, we were the first county in the state to actually do this. And I think we are only like one of two or three counties that actually ended up doing it in the state. So yes. I, mm-hmm. I believe Stark County has one now, too. Um, but, you know, it, it was a pretty special thing back in the day. It was. It was um, It was a big initiative. And, and the, the reason it's called the Memorial Forest is because it was in honor of those um, soldiers and sailors and service people who were lost in World War II. Mm. And I and I do know um, the County Park Board is working now. They're actually looking and hoping they're going to be able to hire a company to come in. There is some invasive weeds and stuff that is growing out there. Um, and, and if they can get in there and, and get rid of that, they do that every so often. And it's been a number of years now. Uh, the commissioners used to take care of that when they had a a tree guy, I can't, Bruce Wakelin, the tree guy. An arborist? Uh, um, he used to. He is an arborist. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, come in and, and and actually they've actually sold some lumber out of there too because at times you've got to thin it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it And he's, he had been, you know, you got to need somebody who knows what they're doing because yeah. he, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise a logging company is going to come in and take all the good stuff and leave you all the crud. And that's not, he said, no, we're going to, you're going to take this tree and that tree, but you're not taking this one, you know? And so Mm -hmm. they've, they've worked hard on the, the County park board has also worked at um, getting an inventory. And we're supposed to find out a little bit more about that in their February meeting of looking at some of the species that are there of, of not only plants, but animals and, and those kind of things mm-hmm. to see if we have some that are unique or unusual to this area. Well, it's good to know. And, and that know. we're going to... Good for them. Like, like we might want to protect and, and kind of sure. take care of. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know um, back in the day when my kids were little, we had a sandbox <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, uh, in the backyard, we always bought our play sand, but I did know there were people who just went out to the memorial forest um, and got into some of those sand dunes, the, what they called blowholes. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and just you know got their sand there, just loaded up their buckets and bags and brought it home <laughs> <laughs> and put it in the kids' toy box. I don't think box. it was uh, missed very much, but I do. I have a vivid memory of that. I just didn't. I, I wanted the. I want it the clean you sand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one more special tree I want to talk about before we go on to some other topics. Um, there, uh, I don't know if it's still there. A special tree down at the Argus Fairgrounds. It's still there. Is yeah, it? the space tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Now this one is kind of unique. Yes, it is. the mm-hmm. The seed that um, that tree resulted from went to space. And back. Went to outer space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The space shuttle Atlantis made its, um, I think, the trip in 1990. And then um, the astronaut Jerry Ross, who was from Indiana, um, he made sure that uh, every county had a sapling that came from those seeds. 
So, um, yeah, it's still there. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. Um, it, ha- it has had uh, some vandalism over yeah. the years, mm-hmm. but it is still, and it's on the main drag going in, I believe. It is. So if you, if you turn to go into the, into the fairgrounds off of um, Walnut Street there, uh, you'll see that tree. Yeah. So there's been a little bit of vandalism, and obviously occasionally, uh, and it, and this happens, which we don't like, but, you know, it, it's been struck by lightning, too. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, there's, other... some, there's some evidence of some damage in that tree. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was really interesting. I took this home and read it last night, and I was like, wow, it's kind of interesting. So if there's a tree lover out there, um, We've got the data. Yeah, the Come museum the, has to, some to information. The historical society, we can hook you up. Yeah, so I mean, who would have ever thought a quarterly report just about trees? Well, we had quarterlies about a lot of topics um, that we don't do them anymore because we cover a lot of that in our newsletter mm-hmm. uh, in in the crossroads. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, there for a while we but did. Who one. would even think trees were? I mean. You know, right. you wouldn't really think about history and trees. Right. They, mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's really a unique thing it is. Uh, that you guys, and there are tons of unique things that the Marshall County Museum, yes. you know, keeps track of for <laughs> all of us. And in fact, yeah. there's the book. You're to take your book. I forgot to give it to you last month. Oh, okay. So okay. there's yeah. your, your book to take when you go to yeah. this year. Yeah, City mm-hmm. Directory from 1966. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. We have a large collection of city directories, and they they're very to, useful. They <laughs> used to be so neat. I mean, mm-hmm. and people could just buy them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. they it had was... a company that would go around and get the information in it. And it would tell you, like, I mean, you could look who lived at this address and the kids. And it would put the year or something their kids were born so you could figure out their ages. And yeah. Mm-hmm. had a reverse lookup. Where the too. man worked or whatever. Yeah. You I could mean, look somebody up by their phone number. Yeah, it's if really If you knew their cool. number, you could find out where they lived and that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Very interesting. So, yeah. A lot of data in that. And it was paid for. I mean, people bought them, but there were lot, there was lots of advertising in it, which was mm-hmm. the point mm-hmm. of the thing. The company came through whatever company it was, and they sold ads. Yeah. Uh, so you could you could upgrade your presence in the city directory by yeah. paying a little bit more money. So you'd have an ad with your phone number in it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good so stuff. let's talk about the museum a little bit now that we're into the new year. We can kind of. Talk about wrapping up last year. Um, you know, I guess we could say last year was our first year in a while. Um, uh, it was a watershed COVID, year. You know, it yeah. was it was the return after two years of COVID. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So everything it was it like it was um, it was a year that reset. Yeah, everything. Right. You know, we we just moved forward, not knowing how things were going to go, mm-hmm. and that's not unique to us. Everybody. Yeah, I think everybody was just testing the waters. They started opening up, and luckily, everything's been going really well. Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, so uh, it shows that you had five thousand seven hundred visitors. Yeah, last mm-hmm. year we, we wanted to get to six hundred. I mean, 6,000, 600. We wanted to get to 6,000 by the end of the year. We didn't quite make it, but we came pretty close. Mm -hmm. And is that all predicated on who signs the book when they come in? Yes. Or is there a counter? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. So, like, if if I'm coming to a meeting. Sign the book. 
You should sign yes. in. <laughs> Whenever you come through the door, sign the book. Sign mm-hmm. the book. Okay. Yes. I don't usually, when I'm coming to the merchant's meeting, I usually just buzz in. That's so. okay, because we count you and put you in okay. the book anyway. So. Good deal. <laughs> so, but, but do you have a goal set for this year then? Well, we'd like to surpass what we did last year. So you'd like to at least get to 6000 Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any idea where we... I, I was thinking that pre-COVID, we were at nearly 10000 Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people well we we expected that i mean that that wasn't unprecedented yeah it's going to be slow coming back i mean we start out and there's still people who are worried there's still stuff going on things are still a little weird and so it's i think it was expected that we wouldn't quite be back up but we're working our way yep yep we're trying to do everything we can um, our brown bag series is almost set mm-hmm. so yes. and this past year you know an awful lot of our our um, people our patrons that came to those were people from a certain age group uh, <laughs> that would have been lots more cautious mm-hmm. than some folks so um, and we certainly want those folks coming back to our brown bags uh, but but I understand we you know we put them online mm-hmm. uh, well so that we we yes. could still be informing people about interesting topics but yeah. not expect them to put themselves at risk mm-hmm. so. certainly Mm-hmm. So um, also uh, each year you guys at the end of the year kind of do a fundraiser if there's anybody out there who, you know, do. maybe has a little extra money they need to get rid of but before the end of the year. Uh, push In my world, that's really rare. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it, it, there are folks who are very, very generous and they are um, philanthropic by nature. You know, they just want to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we do ask our membership once a year, just once a year, we ask our membership to contribute because our operating costs don't go down. Uh, never. Yeah. So, but we've had a really good year. Our membership has responded um, to our call for uh, for uh, year-end donations. So we just really, really are grateful for them. And anybody, anybody's willing to become a member yeah. of the museum, mm-hmm. and it is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. We're still only $25 a year for a family. Um, if there are businesses out there that want to be um, members, it's we have three levels of membership for businesses, too. Mm-hmm. And that gives them an opportunity to, um, to be a little more generous, um, and we are, of course, then generous back generous mm-hmm. back we're more than happy to do what we can um to help those businesses whatever whatever way we can so yeah but uh, it's it's a deal whether you're a business or whether you're an individual it's still a good deal mm-hmm. and oh. we're you know we we're we're um historical society for the whole county whether you are members or not we're still keeping your history yeah that is true for every, every community. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. not just, even though you're located here in Plymouth, you have information for all of the communities. Even if some of the communities, Bremen, they have their own little historical thing going on, and so does Culver. Sure, mm-hmm. but, but we work with them. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we're, we don't by any means consider ourselves a, a Plymouth museum, not by any no. stretch of the imagination. We love it that we are a county museum. Mm-hmm. interested in whatever's going on in the county and we can see a lot of that a lot of times uh by the window displays that you guys have yeah mm-hmm. actually um you know they're not 
now there's still one up for the Reese right now in the front window. Um, mm-hmm. and, but we had the photographer from Bremen mm-hmm. um, yeah, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys kind of move things around. and We, we make the effort, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, new window displays? Are we oh, looking well, into got, the future? We've got some things coming up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, right now we, we do have... Uh, the, the very newest display is uh, for our... Um, our transportation, transportation room. room. Yes. We wrote a grant. Uh, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got that grant, but part of the grant is a, a, a matching fund right. that we have to come up with 15% of the total of the grant. Mm-hmm. So um, we're working on that as well. And so there's a graphic in our window that shows where we are in that fundraising um, effort. And it's got the snazziest little I car. I know. It's so cute. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody who came into the museum and saw it before it was put in the window was like, oh, if I could fit in there, I'd try sitting in it. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it's a little race car, a little, you know, like a pedal car. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was lent to us by George and Sue Holtzworth, oh, okay. who are members antique. of the museum. Mm-hmm. Yep. Antique Motors. And, yes. Cool. Uh-huh. It's not an antique. It's a replica. Mm-hmm. But boy, is it sharp. Oh, yeah. And Very it neat. works into the window just wonderfully mm-hmm. well so, to just show where we are in the process of raising that money. And which window is It's in that the in? center window, the one okay. that's the community room window. Up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check Michigan that Street. out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. maybe even you're driving by, just pull into the parking space and check yeah, it out there. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it looks beautiful at night, mm-hmm. you know, because the... Mm. During the day, we have a little bit of problem with glare on our mm-hmm. windows. Everybody downtown does. Yeah. But, um, you know, after dark, when the when the um, yes night falls, it's it's really snazzy. Because mm-hmm, so. we keep those little spotlights on, and that, yeah. really, that really makes it light up. Mm-hmm. Neat. So you're, you're raising money uh, t- for the matching grant for the transportation room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are things going now? I know at one point you were talking that you were going to need eventually some volunteers to do some demolition work yep. mm-hmm. uh, on the transportation tr- room how are are we at that point yet we are um, as of this week we have a team of volunteers who are going in there to uh, remove the artifacts that are in the room now um, so they're they're busy working on that you know mm-hmm. everything has to be handled in in an adequate way yeah we don't want to lose things in mm-hmm. our um, taking part of the room so we're doing it in parts and we're trying to be real careful making sure we don't lose anything in the process yeah and making sure we put things away where they go mm-hmm. uh, there were some there even were some things that were stored in that room that we didn't even know yeah. they were there you know in the bottom of cabinets okay. and stuff mm-hmm. so um, all that is taking place um, for the next several weeks and we have some um, freestanding walls in there that are 12 feet I think they're tall. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty tall. They're oh. very tall. And all those have to come apart and be stored. Uh, so, yeah, we we are still actively recruiting people to help us with the destruct. Some some muscles. Muscles yeah. or right. people who like cleaning because this is going to probably be a little <laughs> but, messy at, yeah. at some uh, point. Dusters, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Sweepers and dusters. Yeah, we're not actually tearing down any... We're not poking any holes in the wall. You're not using sledgehammers. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Thank goodness. No. So, you know, if you're hoping to volunteer so that you can swing a a sledgehammer (laughs) like they do on HGTV, that Uh, is not happening. No, it's more (laughs) carrying big, heavy things. Yes. So we can use some, we can use some people who, who just want to use us to get their workout in Mm -hmm. Um, because those walls are heavy and they have to go, 
into storage. So because yeah. we're not I don't know that we'll be using any of those with the new room. Mm-hmm. And so the things that are in that room have been in that room. Um, you, does, is everything like numbered? Does oh, it, yeah. Yeah, we, we have everything numbered and we keep it in our digital system. So it's a little easier to find than maybe if we just had only paper records. So we've got a lot of it cataloged. And so as we're going through, we're like, oh, yeah, remember this? Let's look up. But, you know, it's really interesting going through it. Yeah. So and the database sometimes can tell us where it, where it used to be before it was on display. Mm-hmm. Ah. So we can put it back in the appropriate yeah. place. And, and when we talk about putting it back, it is typically into the basement area? Is that where most of your storage it, is? It depends. I mean, we do have the third floor ballroom that we okay. use as storage at this point. Okay. So there's the ballroom, there's the basement, we have some back rooms. But yeah, basement okay. is our main storage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you, you are just like uh, some of these big box stores or whatever. It says like section 23 shelf a or something like that so i mean it you pinpoint it right down to Mm -hmm. this location we just put that system into operation about a year ago maybe Mm -hmm. yeah Uh because it's a lot easier to find things when you've got it really pinpointed than (laughs) it's in the basement Uh, oh (laughs) well can you tell me which room maybe i should start looking for we think it's in the the south basement (laughs) but you know we probably have five thousand items oh yeah in the south basement yeah pinpointing it to which shelf it's on whether it's Mm -hmm. on the outer wall or whether it's on the shelves that sit in the center of the room those kinds of things we we spent a long time formulating a system Mm -hmm. and now we have that system in place and we're working it yeah and so are most things taken out wrapped or packaged and boxed and then put in, or some things I assume are bigger, you just can cover them in plastic or something yeah, and store yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But there are um, some things that that we we have to, to wrap, and we mm-hmm. use archival materials to do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, archival materials are acid-free. Yes, we want to, because if you wrap things in regular tissue paper, it's or like newspaper, you know, it has a lot of acid in it, so you want to ah. protect it, and you don't want stuff touching each other, especially if together they would be worse for each other hmm. but um yeah there's a lot of it's amazing how much archival products there are that you can use and you never think about it until you work in a museum and it, you're thinking how do I preserve this how do I preserve this photograph it's all curled up or something like that interesting yeah, yeah we have a process for hydrating things mm-hmm. that um that have gotten too dry oh my goodness um, wow so yeah and Iris is our um, expert on that, um, but I should add that archival materials are absolutely necessary mm-hmm. for us to do our job correctly. Oh yeah, and they're not cheap. They're not cheap. They there's only a few companies that sell them, and so they can be pretty expensive. But they're it's so like you important. can't go on Amazon and look for the bargain and no, oh, oh look no. at this. No. <laughs> Amazon does not really care anything that we can use for that. Yeah, it's specialty companies for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so those $25 family memberships could really help out. Oh, yes, yeah. and those year-end gifts yes. um, help us out an, an awful lot with that kind of thing. Cool. Um, Karen, our librarian, mm-hmm. uh, recently ordered archival quality boxes and mm-hmm. folders for some materials that we're getting from the from the county that the county is not is no longer storing mm-hmm. that we're storing them yeah. they're historical sure significant um, things so she ordered oh gosh like 
I don't know, hundreds, hundreds, yeah. <laughs> to take care of doing this. And the archival quality ones, you know, mm -hmm. it sets us back a, a bit. It, it, it's yeah. not like you can go out to Walmart and buy a box of file folders. No, no. no. And the county, we, we, we really appreciate that the county gives us those things because they are historically mm -hmm. important and our researchers use that stuff all the time mm -hmm. but they they don't really give us a budget for our <laughs> you know so so like oh we'd love to take that could you also give us a donation <laughs> well, so, you know the, the county they do fund us so uh, we're, they do we're not griping they do but, help fund you but yes. you guys you know had to come up with a lot of your own yeah uh, operations when you're doing events and such you have to have your own funds too so well yeah and we do the best job we can mm -hmm. to reuse things and to um, be uh, thrifty in other ways because we know we have to be extravagant mm -hmm. when it comes to archival mm -hmm. quality um, storage Mm -hmm. So when you are walking out of the museum, there is a box there that you can always make a little donation into. Mm -hmm. Rather, Love it's it when the you pocket do. full oh, of yes. change or a couple of bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you, know. you can do, we're, yeah. we're happy to have Yeah, we'll take anything. it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a suggested donation of $4 but per person. But we understand completely that some people can't do that and mm -hmm. we still want them to visit because there are other people who can throw a 20 in there mm -hmm. yeah uh, and so it it really evens out uh, we're, we're grateful mm -hmm. uh, for our, our generous donors and we still want everybody to come so also on the list is tom good and it says tim oh tim good tim or good, tim good. Mm -hmm. it, library links yes yeah. so, i'll let iris talk about that okay so tim has been working for i believe it has been Oh, it's been so many years, over five oh. years, and he's been working like 20 hours a week. We have all of these index cards in the library, physical cards, and uh, you can search family names, you can search uh, all sorts of things if you're interested in obituaries, if you're interested in death records, if you're interested in marriage records, anything that showed up in the newspaper at all, hmm. that we have researchers who are typing these cards up fastidiously. They are just working. I think one of them's in there right now. She said she was coming in. <laughs> but um, they, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. They read newspapers and yeah. catalog information from those newsletter, newspapers. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's interested in just reading old newspapers <laughs> and, you know, every once in a while writing the important information down, but you can read whatever you want in our microfilm readers. We'll, we'll have you come in and help <laughs> yeah. us type up cards. But it, it really helps people research because if you have – a question when you're coming in and you're wondering about your great-grandmother you thought she might have lived in uh, Bremen but uh, you, you're not really sure and you've looked at the census and you found some stuff in the census we have everything in our library you can find with those cards oh wow and it, it just really speeds up the process rather than us guesstimating well we we might have something on them and mm -hmm. maybe this we, mm -hmm. we would know for sure, and it, it really speeds everything up. Interesting. Yeah. And there are um, just, oh, I can't, I can't even tell you how many, you know, they, they're card catalog kind of things, and we've got multiple. Mm -hmm. there, there have to be. Oh, there's like oh, 20,000 cards at least. I'm thousands, just guessing. Thousands of cards, and they're 
that we're still working on them because you know new newspapers on them all the are time. constantly continues, coming out right yeah. continues mm-hmm. to keep coming yeah but that's what tim did he but, he cataloged all those four he he actually entered them into databases mm-hmm. so not only do we have the physical cards, Ooh. but now because of Tim's search. efforts, we can search them. You can actually type it yes. in uh-huh. and it'll pop up. Yep. Right, right. Nice. And he just keeps keeps working at it. We're mm-hmm. he's We're just so terrific. Thankful. That's yeah. wonderful. He's just been a really, really um, um, faithful volunteer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and then there's there's one on here. It's called. Crazy Carl Fisher. <laughs> well, that may be a whole, Carl Fisher story is probably a whole um, a whole episode episode here. all by itself. Yes, yes. yeah. But and the short story is that he was a showman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was like the P.T. Barnum of Indianapolis. Um, just was um, very interested in in wheeled vehicles mm-hmm. started with bicycles automobiles uh, uh-huh he was one of the movers and shakers that um d- developed the indianapolis 500 mm-hmm. uh, and he he owned a company called presto light which was a company that supplied cars with their headlights because cars were not originally um equipped with headlights nope no driving in the dark (laughs) no driving in the dark right well you know like cars didn't used to have tops either true (laughs) yes um and around the turn of the century little early um 20th century he had this company that made these headlights but the headlights um used acetylene gas (laughs) to produce the light they weren't the safest. I was going to say, that doesn't sound it real doesn't, safe. No. Especially in the making of them. <laughs> yes. Once that was in the canister, the, the canister was then um, attached to the car, and the headlight would run on that. Um, and, and those were not safe, but relatively safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. The problem was getting the gas into the canisters. Mm-hmm. So they had an Indianapolis um, factory and it blew up um, (laughs) more than once you know they kept and finally the city leaders in Indianapolis said "Um, Carl you're gonna have to move out of town we we will not you cannot establish another factory in Indianapolis it's just too dangerous so they went out to a little place that they called Speedway Uh it was farmland yes you know and they they established their factory out in speedway and the rest is history wow so that's only one thing he did he was very instrumental in the lincoln highway and in the dixie highway which is a north south Mm. route that we call us Mm -hmm. 31 um and he was very instrumental in in those in road building um in the first part of the century and he was responsible in large part for developing miami beach Oh my goodness! Whoa! Yep, that interesting fella. Oh, he was fascinating, fascinating I think, guy. I think my favorite fact that I learned when I was reading this was that uh, he set the speed record of uh, was it 1909? Something 19, like that. 1909, 1909, 1910, 1910. Uh, the speed record of like 30. Oh, what was it exactly? It was uh, 39 miles per hour. <laughs> that was the speed record. Yep. 
In in a time wow. of ten mile per hour cars, he <laughs> he really went fast. Yes, and and here's the here's the kicker. Uh, he had very poor vision. Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. Very really poor fast vision. And poor vision. Yes. Uh huh. No uh-huh. wonder he wanted to make those lights for the cars so that you could see in the dark. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Carl Fisher. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very interesting guy. Cool. Uh, so you guys did mention uh, brown bag. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready for that. When will we see the first uh, brown bag event? March? They start in March, yeah. Okay. And we, we're we're pretty close to unveiling the lineup. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it. Anita will bring that up at the next WTCA. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Close in, to it. In February, we'll probably have that nailed down. We don't want to leak it. Okay. You know, because um, Great. there are some details that are not nailed down. And, of course, we don't want to say something that turns out to be you get You want to get it all put together first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I just want to ask, I mean, because of COVID and everything, um, you guys have not had an annual meeting. No, we uh, haven't. That you have that used to be a, a huge event, uh, yes. basically a banquet-like situation. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? Do you think that will come back? Or well, we hope so. Okay. We hope so. We're 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 tentatively planning on it, but of course, that's that is a board um, mm-hmm. board of trustees decision that will come up at the next meeting whether we really. We want to. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of whether or not it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got awfully close. The last time we had one, we got awfully close to it before we finally had to cancel yeah. it. Of mm-hmm. course, it was COVID-related. Yeah. Um, this last year, we, we did something different. We had a, It was more casual. You, Part of it was on the street. You had tacos. We, we had tacos, <laughs> yes. They were delicious. Yeah, they, they were really, really good. good. <laughs> yeah. So. But if you are a member... With that $25 family membership, yes. mm-hmm. then you definitely get the invite to that you get kind of an thing. invitation, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a paid event because, of course, it's a fundraiser. Right. Um, but you get a discount on your tickets there you if go. you're a member. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it pays to pay your $25 and, and help us out. So they can just stop in the museum sure. and say they heard it on the radio yep. and, mm-hmm. and they just want to be a member this year. Give us yep. a call. We'll send you a membership form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. We, um, we, can, we can use all the help we can get. Yep. And, and if you already have a membership, but somebody else wants one and, you know, you think it'd be a good birthday, any random Ooh, present, you, you can gift memberships yeah. as well. We do have gift memberships. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. It is a good idea. Especially for there are people who have everything. You never know what to yeah. do for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and your membership comes with invitations for special events uh-huh. um, like that and also you get the crossroads newsletter mm-hmm. um, which has which lots of information i was supposed to bring you yours and i forgot it <laughs> so sometime uh, today i'll run tri- it down your next trip out don't yeah. worry you know yeah but the crossroads newsletter comes out um got stories like carl fisher sure. uh, in it and we always have some interesting um, little factoids. Oh yeah, um, and let you know what's coming up, what we're doing. We, you know, we want to be totally transparent about what we're doing with your, your funds, your membership dollars. So, mm-hmm. and and if you really want to be totally transparent, stop in the museum and see them. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's only for an hour, mm-hmm. or you know, or so. we have a policy where if people come for a tour. We have folks that drop everything <laughs> to mm-hmm. give a tour. Drop that's, everything. That's their that's their number one responsibility is to give that tour, um, and all of our tour people are excellent at mm-hmm. it. Wonderful. So Wonderful. come in, see us. 
Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in and spending time with us this morning. It's always fun. And right now I don't have a subject or anything I need you to well, look if, up. If you if you'd like, we can talk about Carl Fisher. Okay, next month. That would be a good topic, yes. That sounds good. And crazy can, Carl Fisher. Crazy Carl Fisher, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there are numerous stories about Carl Fisher. We could go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, good. Would, there were a lot of balloons in, involved in yes. his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not talking about, like, party balloons. We're talking about... Like a balloon, balloon that could yes. lift a car. Yeah. Oh, my god. We're goodness. talking about hot air balloons. Ooh, okay. Like I said, he was a man who who loved vehicles. Mm-hmm. And um, not only physical vehicles, but vehicles for getting his word out, for getting his message mm, out. So, interesting guy. Very interesting guy. Okay, so we're going to learn more about Carl Fisher next month. Here's mm-hmm. your teaser. He had a rather tragic end. Indeed. Hmm. Okay. Not telling you another thing hmm, about nope. that. All righty. Well, girls, thank you, Sue. Thank you, Iris, for coming in this morning and being with us. Our pleasure. Oh, yeah, we love look being here. Forward to seeing you with somebody next month from yep. the Marshall County Museum. Mm-hmm. Okay, I take that as a challenge. He had a tragic end. I'm going to make up my own end. <laughs> Okay. And, and yeah. then we can match them to see how close they come. Uh, okay. okay. I yes. got a feeling mine's going to be n- not a lot like the real one. Oh, but, probably not, yeah. but it'll be entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Now we can do that. So I'll yeah. come up with my own tragic ending for Crazy Carl. Yep. Uh, do that. And we'll we'll see how that matches up. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's Thanks for challenge. having us. It's a nice writing prompt, actually. So. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All, All right. right, guys. Ready? Uh, yep. We okay. have another commercial break to take, don't yep. we? Yep. Right. I got to hit this button. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local, family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Plymouth covered. Go big with Surf and you'll get reliable, fiber-fast internet up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees, and you get a low, locked-in price that will never go up. Want to speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. You want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. I taught for 20 years, until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually, he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard, but it gave us time to take control of the situation, together. I can't imagine going through this without him. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
lines are open now. Call 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647. Let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth. Here's Kathy and Rusty. Well, Jeff Beck is no longer with us, unfortunately. Great guitar player. Yeah, he was. Uh, did a lot of work with uh, Rod Stewart. This, I, I would, I think, this is probably my favorite cover of this song. So, anyway, uh, that's that. We are done. I do. Tomorrow's open form right now. We don't ah! have a guest, so it'll just be you and me. Ah! On Monday, when Jim Vanall comes in, though, you do have a guest. Okay, Tammy good. Tammy Radican is coming in. She is from Plymouth High School, and she's going to be talking, coming in, and you guys are going to chat about Rocky, who is a service dog that is at Plymouth High School. Uh, she, I can't think of the official name of it, um, but she has a class of students um special ed students i'll say yeah um and last year they got a i think it's a gold a, a poodle and a golden doodle a gold, i think maybe like a golden doodle type thing okay a golden retriever and a poodle type mix or something like that okay so, so what's the name of it again well the dog's name is rocky Is, is, does the dog sing? Uh, I, think I, this, I think, think this is the dog actually singing this song, actually. But, but it should be a really interesting um, interview, I I, I would imagine. I like dogs. Is she going to bring the dog? I doubt it. <sighs> I didn't ask her to bring the dog. Well, she doesn't have to. But She'll smell your dog. That dog will smell your dog if... Yeah. If, well. you know, so that might not be good. Except, you know, maybe they'll become friends. You know, dogs smell other dogs and they meet on the street and they, you know, they become friends. And then your dog will be constantly looking for that dog. Yes, that's kind of what happens on walks anyway. (laughs) And looking for all the dogs that have gone before um, with little hints. Okay. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Yeah, I gotcha. No, that sounds fun. Okay. So anyway, just your heads up for that one. Sure. Okay. All right. All righty. Well, I think we have, you have a couple of things to do. Yeah, I do. And let's start with this. Um, whoa, that was hot. Uh, birthdays. If you birthdays. hear your name, you're going to be eligible for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. And happy birthday today. Actually, it was yesterday. Les McFarlane. Happy birthday, Les. He's a detective with the Marshall County Sheriff's Department. Yes, he is. And he's now in the hat for four cupcakes from the Sir Cafe. Free small drink from the Coffee Lodge and a uh, bouquet of flowers. You can get your name in that hat, too. Just give us a call at 574-936-4096. You can drop it off at 112 West Washington Street here in downtown Plymouth. Or you can text it to us at 574-307-6647. Yes. 
Don't worry, I forget the 936-4096 about every other time I go I'd be okay if I didn't have to put that 574 on there all the time Well, yeah, that... That messes me up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. I forgot to hit the button. Okay, Flintstones, go away. No anniversaries. No anniversaries. But if you got one, let us know because Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home gives away $50 each month. So you can go celebrate your anniversary again. Exactly. Uh, shopping time. They Somebody is looking for a sleeping room. They don't want to take it away. They want to live in it. One bedroom apartment in Plymouth. If you've got something available, uh, 574-540-1919. It's 574-540-1919. Got a 2005th wheel. Three slide outs, new tires, winterized, carriage, carrier light, 35 foot. They do tell you it leaks over the skylight, so you may have to get some caulk or something and put it in there. 574 806 3336. That's 574 806 3336. Ask for Jim. And that's what I have for today. All righty. I'm done for today, too. All right. And tomorrow it's dangerous. Open form. Yeah, Open form. <laughs> Fun Friday. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's thinking right now. So, anyway, have yourselves a great day. We will be back at 9 tomorrow. <laughs>